0: that's 30 brave things you've done in a month. Just think of how brave you will be by the end of the year. 365% more brave. Sign up at GetYourBraveOn.info. And make sure you follow the podcast. So glad you're here. Life Audio.
1: And this goes back to being the mother that I, I always needed, is letting them feel heard and understood and respected letting their voice be a voice that mattered
0: the brave motherhood episode 10 lessons from a single mom that every mom needs to know episode number 32 with my good friend sarah beth she's a bodybuilder a personal trainer a mindset coach and a single mom that i truly respect get ready to learn a lot from sarah beth and we'd love for you to share this podcast with another mom friend that you have copy the link and send it it to them. We know it will be so encouraging. And please follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Every Tuesday we do brave prayers and then Thursday is another strategy to help you get your brave on. And if you're like, Amanda, I've done all those things, maybe now you want to become a brave babe and support Get Your Brave On. Help us reach more women facing a plot twist in life and help them put their life back together. By joining the membership, you get unlimited prayers, unlimited Meditations, unlimited devotions, and you know you're helping the cause. Sign up at getyourbraveon.info, and I'll put the link in the show notes. Pick it up where we. Doctor Trudy Fleer here. T-Mobile home internet speeds that crawl can leave us feeling like we have to move faster to compensate, but we don't. The internet does. You want to move like a sloth? Be a sloth with blazing fast Xfinity Internet. Learn more at xfinitycom facts left off my good friend sarah beth is here she's a brave babe officially telling her brave story of going through trauma as a child that was the previous episode if you missed it go check it out episode number 31 and now talking about how she's turned that around to make a difference in people's lives specifically as a single mom which is amazing okay so we left you and you were clinging on to hope for your son and he was a miracle baby doctors thought he would have all of these problems you're like, Nope, he's fine. He ended up having no problems at all. He's absolutely fine. How old is he now? He is going to be 12 in May. That's crazy. Yeah. So wild. He's the same age as my youngest son. Okay. So then what happened? Because you became a single mom. Can you tell me about that? Let's pick up where the story left off all this trauma, then two babies, you've got your dream and then divorce.
1: Yeah. And you know, my dream was, (laughs) it's hard to call it a dream in the, in the moment, looking back on it, I I really immersed myself in my kids because my marriage was definitely left something to be desired. My ex-husband and I were together from the time I was, you know, 17, 18, um, till 26. And so when we divorced, I had a five-year-old and a two-year-old and our marriage, like, you know, I think, He's not a horrible person, but we were horrible together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Understand?
1: There's just there's just some people who bring out the worst in each other, mm-hmm. and the, our marriage was exactly that. And there was a lot of arguing, and a lot of yelling, and a lot of name calling, and it was just it was it was a really um, controlling and 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 I mean to say it abusive space for for me it was, yeah. it was very possessive, very controlling, very verbally abusive, very mentally abusive, very emotionally abusive. And um one thing I know though that is that he was always a really great dad. And so we had these kids and I was still struggling with depression um from the time I was a young teenager up until well after we were divorced. But through my through my marriage I was very depressed and I just I just immersed myself into these kids and that's just, that's how I got through every day was it was always about them and, and it, and it needed to be, it kept my head above water. Yeah. Um, and then, so my youngest sister moved in with me when I was, when she was like 17, right out of high school uh, to be a nanny for my kids. And so she moved in with me and I mean, God bless her. Cause I don't know, how I would have done any of this without her Um, she moved in with me and while I went back to work she nannied my children up until the time my son reached kindergarten and my marriage she was really the only person who saw firsthand like the abuse and the crazy cycle that we we continuously found ourselves in and you know, she would take my kids to the park or to the playground so they really didn't have to bear witness to to all of just the chaos that was in our relationship. But um, I remember one day coming home or sh- she came home with my kids and I looked her in the eyes and I said, I'm a prisoner in my own life. And and I'll I'll say that was probably one of my very first like awakenings to my reality, if you will. Uh, and as I said that now, mind you, in my, my marriage, I, he had lost the ability to make me cry. And that was always his goal his, yeah. his always his goal was to make me cry or to, that was how he won. And so he had lost the ability to make me cry. I was just completely numb to it. And in that moment I said those words and they left my mouth and they just boomeranged back and hit me head on. And I just, it was the slap in the face that I needed. And it was, I could literally feel the shackles fall off of my wrists and I just lost it. And I started crying. I'm a, and I just kept on repeating it. I'm a prisoner in my own life. I'm a prisoner in my own life. And I cried until I couldn't cry anymore. And I said, the prison door is open and all I have to do is walk out of it. (laughs) And the very next day I filed for divorce. Okay. Now, my ex husband had me very much it wasn't the first time I had quote unquote tried to leave him. Yeah. I had tried many times, but it was always the same cycle. It was it was horrible, horrible, awful until I was walking out the door. Right. And the second I was walking out the door and he thought it was real, it was I'm sorry, I'll get help, I I'll I'll take this medication I'll go see mm-hmm. this therapist I'll do whatever it takes that don't leave me don't leave me don't leave me and and here I am I want to believe that right, right? and so I did and it was a cycle and then it would be good for a couple of months and then it would slowly get bad and then it would be terrible and it would happen again and so the very next day I filed for divorce and I really I remember laying in bed that night thinking what if everything he said was true You'll never be anything without me. How are you? I'll take those kids from you. Uh, you, you, you won't have anything without me. You'll have to move back in with your mom, which please, Mm -hmm. that would definitely not happen. Um, all and but all of these scare tactics that he really made me believe I had no choice, but to stay Mm -hmm. with him. And I remember laying in bed the night before I filed for divorce thinking, even if worst case scenario, and let's be honest, worst case scenario, almost never happens, right? but let's say worst case scenario, even if all of that's true, it would still be better than this. Oh, that's a good check yeah. it's in
0: an inner heart check.
1: Yes. Yeah. And you know, I realized like in that same night I'm teaching my son how to treat a woman and I'm teaching my daughter what is acceptable behavior to accept from her partner. Mm-hmm. And neither of those examples were okay with me. And it was the first time that I really took a look at the way I approached motherhood in this very intentional way. It's not about me and it's not about him. It's about them. And one day they are going to grow up and they're going to have a story that's different, but similar so, to the one I have and you have a story and we all have mm-hmm. a story of the way we grew up and the lessons we've learned and the trauma we have faced. And one mm-hmm. day they're going to have a story and this cannot be part of it. And that is my responsibility.
0: Okay. So how old were they when you became a single mom? My son, he was two, Two. and my daughter was five. Two and five, and so now I know Sarah lives a very intentional single mom life. I don't think any single mom's like I'm one too. I don't think we live an unintentional single life. But I think I think you have a very unique and specific way and strategy of motherhood as a single mom that I would love for you to share with my brave babe. So what would you say your overall vision and mission of Sarah Beth, the single mom? What is it?
1: It's really except acknowledging that their lives aren't mine to control. This is their human experience that they are creating. And it is not my responsibility to solve their problems. It is not my responsibility to to make them be the person I think they should be. My responsibility as their mom is to teach them how to solve their own problems. (laughs) And it's to help them realize who they are and accept them and love them for being that person with encouragement and growth and and really teaching them how to use these strategies throughout their entire lives and and how they carry over my sister says to me she, she says uh one day your kids are going to grow up and they're either going to think you are the wisest person on the planet or that you're a
0: complete complete crazy person <laughs> i think it's both i think i i seriously think my kids think both yeah. sometimes they're like mom you know i think it's their age right now yeah. i think you know <laughs> my are all teenagers and they're you know i know nothing until they need me Yeah. And I know everything. Yeah.
2: Come celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Jump in the VR simulators to ride Santa's jet-powered sleigh. Or fly over frozen landscape in the Great Glacier Race. Enjoy special deals and discounts at the museum store and cafe every Saturday in December from 3 to 5. And bring your out-of-town friends and family, too, because admission and parking are free. Celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum. A full list of holiday fun is at org. That's org.
0: So how have you done that? Like, I, I think, you know, I grew up in a way that I felt I've had to break through some of the identities that I was given by my parents. Mm-hmm. That I realized, actually, that's not me. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's who I was supposed to be. I, I grew up in an extremely conservative um, the Southern Baptist world in Missouri. So yeah. it's, it was a great family experience, amazing, loving people. But I, I didn't always fit in. It was, I felt like I was always working to fit in and working to be something I actually wasn't on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> and you end up being a screaming young adult. I think yeah. when that happens. So how are you? How? What are the strategies that you're implementing as a single mom to? Try to not force your way of thinking how they should live their lives. Within the boundaries of keeping them safe.
1: Yes, because that's that's really ultimately our job too, yeah. right? We need to keep them safe, protect them from harm without protecting them from life experience. Oh, and yeah. and that is a balancing act that as a parent, as a mother, it's a very hard to do. It's very hard to not want to protect your children from the, the pain of a mistake that you've once made mm-hmm. or the lesson, uh, the, a hard lesson that you had to learn by, you know, making choice A instead of choice B and we want so badly to just give them that experience or that wisdom so that they don't have to walk the same path of fire that we Mm -hmm. had to walk. But that's not our job because if somebody would have tried to just tell me when I was a kid, I would have still done what I was going to do anyway. (laughs) And I think that we see that a lot in like rebellious teenagers, right? When, when parents, we really, it's really comes from a place of love. We just want, we just no, you can't go to that party because we know what's right. going to be there and and that's not safe and we don't want you to make this mistake. Instead, I take really the approach of equipping them with the knowledge of what's going to be there, what they can expect and how to be safe when those choices are put in front of them. That's good. And it's really the overall strategy for me is like complete and um, autonomy over their lives almost complete autonomy over their lives <laughs> describe that what do you mean by that so if i don't want them to become the person i want them to be but instead want them to become the person that they feel the most empowered they're the person they are in the mm-hmm. core of their being then i I have to give them the space to be that person. And in order to give them the space to be that person, there's got to be a level of competence and independence and autonomy over their own lives for them to be successful at that. And, and so that autonomy looks like very high levels of independence. Okay. I love,
0: so I I'll speak up of, I made a mistake at not allowing something with your oldest, you make some of the mistakes. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. And I've, I've had to walk that back and change mm-hmm. it. And I'm curious um, your opinion on, okay, well, someone's listening and like, I haven't done that. And I know I should have. Mm-hmm. And we have regret as parents sometimes mm-hmm. for stuff. And I, this is a simple thing, but my oldest daughter, Emily is 16 and last year, and she has this long, well, she had, long blonde gorgeous hair natural blonde she decided she wanted to bleach it and color it pink her whole head and this was during the shutdown i'm like you really don't want to do that like you're gonna this is a simple example i was like you're gonna ruin your hair i was like i and then i said i was like you're gonna ruin your hair and like your hair's perfect just the way it is and what's wrong with you? it's so beautiful and you'll be like oh you'll never get it back i talked to my mom and she's like if we all you did dumb stuff with your hair you're gonna make mistakes with your hair and she's gonna to have to learn that lesson just let her color it pink i'm like Okay, And then I had to go to her like, you know, I'm really sorry that I I forced this on you. And I forced I was thinking of, you know, how I thought other people would would take it and all these things. And I had to tell her I was wrong. Yeah. And she had pink hair. Now she has like bleached hair with dark roots and it's you know, but she felt really confident in it. And I felt so bad after she had gotten it done because I could see her face just light up and she was so happy. And I was like, and I had to apologize to her. I said, I'm really sorry. Yeah. I was trying to protect your hair and that was dumb. What I should have been protecting is who you want to be.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful example for yeah. for a, a small example. It's really a beautiful one. If we expect our children to grow up we, as parents, we all hope we all hope our children are going to grow up to be strong, critical thinkers, yep. good problem solvers, make wise decisions. And if we expect them or hope even have a hope that they're going to grow up to do these things then we have to let them practice that. Yeah, We have to let them practice critical thinking and problem solving. We have to let them make mistakes when it's still safe to make them a mistake on your hair and not to say it was a mistake. I'm sure it looked excellent, Yeah, (laughs) Um, but a mistake with your hair or something you regret with your hair. That's, that's maybe a small way to learn a big lesson and that carries over in our lives. Mm -hmm. And when I became a, a single mom, Uh, it was me and my two kids and struggling to make ends meet. And I I know that this is a story that so many single moms can relate to. Like, how are we going to make this happen? And what I knew was that it was not going to be possible for me to be the very best mom I could be if I was in charge of every little decision for three people. (laughs) And so, and so it really became like this, okay, you guys need, we're going to teach you how to do things for yourself. Mm -hmm. And they did from the time they were really little. I've never made their school lunches for them since preschool. They've made their own school lunches. They make their own doctor's appointments. They've got Amazon (laughs) logged into my accounts. And if they need something, they text me, ask, and they put it on there. We're synced with calendars. They manage their own calendars. They've gotten themselves showered and ready for school and bed. I mean, not to say that I'm not there with this loving support, but it's Mm -hmm. very important to me they know how to take care of themselves. If they don't do their laundry, they don't have clean clothes. I'm not in charge of that. Yep. And one thing that I know for certain and I'm grateful for it, my children will never know what it is to not know where your next meal is going to come from. They'll never know what it is to not have electricity and running water They'll never know what it is to not be loved by their mother and father. They'll never know what it is to not feel safe in their own home. And I'm so grateful for that. I'm also very aware that hardship builds character. Adversity builds character. And when I became a mom, I had this mild fear that because my children were never experienced adversity to the level that I experienced it, can they, I I can see looking back at my own, at my own trauma and my own adversity in my, in the the early years of my life, how that shaped me to be the person I am today. And, and, and the lessons I learned from that. And I'm like, gosh, if they're never going to have to walk that path, how are they going to learn these lessons? And so I feel like, it's, it's doing them a disservice to come running in at every sign of discomfort, every sign of a problem. When they tell me something's hard, I say, good, it's supposed to be hard. It teaches you how to work mm-hmm. hard.
2: I'm Tony Lorenzo, and this is my beautiful wife, Elisa. Hey there. We're hosts of the top rated marriage podcast, The One Extraordinary Marriage Show. This is the show where being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're gonna get some. Each episode, we share what you can do to create the extraordinary marriage you desire. With over 700 episodes, like Information Overload and Sex Pillows and Wedges, there's something for you. Come join us as we talk sex, love, and commitment. Subscribe to The One Extraordinary Marriage Show today, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on your favorite podcast app.
0: So could you give me some examples if you're okay doing that with your kids on how you have given them that complete autonomy and it taught a great lesson? Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, I'll give you a couple. So one is a small example, but it's one of my favorite little anecdotes because it really shines a light on how, how important this lesson was for such a young child and a, a really easy way for him to learn it. My son was in kindergarten. We were running out the door, rushing, rushing to get ready for school, rushing out the door, running late. And he's putting his shoes on his feet and one of his tennis shoes is tied in a double knot and he can't get this knot untied. And my daughter comes swooping in, she's like, give me your shoe. I'll do it for you. And I stopped her. I said, you hand that shoe back to your brother. (laughs) (laughs) And she looked at me surprised and he looked at me surprised. And I said, Owen, you can do this. And he's flustered and he's crying and he, he can't focus. And I said, just all, we're going to take a pause, put the shoe down. Take a deep breath because the first step to accomplishing a problem is to calm down and approach it from a logical place. Mm-hmm. And so we got him calmed down and he picks his shoe up and he's instantly frustrated again. And, and then he's like, we're just we're going to be late if I don't do this. And I said, we'll sit here all day. We'll I'll miss work. You can miss school. This is more important. And when he realized I wasn't going to untie this double knot for him and I was Mm -hmm. actually going to sit there and wait for him to untie the double (laughs) knot for himself. He finally you could see it happen where he takes this deep breath. He calms down and he looks at this double knot and he says, "Okay," and he starts really working it. He gets the knot untied some two minutes later. And when he did this smile and that you can see how elated he was I did it mommy and he's so proud of himself and he's wiping tears off his eyes and he he's feeling so good and I'm I'm cheering him on I'm proud of him and I'm giving him all the encouragement and I said do you feel this feeling right now this feeling of how proud don't you feel proud you did that and he's like yeah I'm so proud I said feel that feeling in your body doesn't that feel good and he said, yeah it feels so good I said if I would have untied that knot for you you, I would have robbed you of what that feels like and what it feels like to accomplish, your, to, to accomplish a problem that's put in front of you without anybody coming to your rescue. That's not something anybody can tell you. You have to feel it. That is the, that is the reward of hard work. And he was five when that happened. He's about to be 12. <laughs> and he still talks about that to this day.
0: Really, man, I want to go back to when my kids were learning to tie their shoes now. That's really. <laughs> and, and, you know, so it's little things like that, that we can
1: we can really not come to their rescue for every mm-hmm. little thing. We can we can make them set an alarm clock. We can say, yep. oh, you don't have any clean laundry because you didn't wash your clothes. That's <laughs> a you problem. That's not a me problem. Right. Um, another thing is like I don't play referee. So when my kids argue with each other, Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, you know, siblings will argue and they'll Mm -hmm. do it to an, to the, a volume to make sure you can hear (laughs) so that you'll come running in and like take a side and break it up. And, uh, and I'll tell them, you know, I'm, I'm, this isn't my problem to solve. You guys need to figure it out on your own. And I, I I, this is not, this is not any of my business. Leave me out of it. And, uh, And they really have gotten so good at communicating with each other because I don't come in and say, you're You're right, you're wrong.
0: wrong. Yeah, Yeah. I don't touch it. Inevitably, you pick the wrong one and both of them were wrong, actually. And then
1: then the freedom that comes from from taking that weight off your shoulder as a mom to have to break up the bickering and break up the arguing Mm -hmm. and and come running in on every tantrum. Uh, you know tantrums are a great one well yeah
0: because single moms we don't have time no for that because no. meanwhile you're trying to provide were you doing training and physical training for people then uh, so, no. Uh,
1: yes, I had just started when I got divorced. I joined yeah. the gym for the first time in my life. I had no idea how to work out. Oh my out. gosh. I knew That's nothing. when I
0: started lifting weights when I got divorced. Yeah. Yep. I <laughs> just,
1: I knew I had been in a relationship yeah. my entire adult life that had defined me. And when I left that marriage, I realized I didn't know who I was. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't know anything about myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what kind of music I liked. I didn't know what I wanted to do for fun. I didn't know where my life was going. I didn't know anything. I was so tied up in knots and stressed out and depressed. And, and it was finding fitness that made me realize, okay, the only way I'm going to be the best mom I can be is if I can heal myself. And I have to yeah. put myself first. It's a it's you know, you get on the airplane and they say, put your own mask on before you put, before yep. you help your t- kids put theirs on. And that's because like you are useless to your children mm-hmm. if you are not taking care of yourself. And I think a lot of moms, single moms hear me on this. We have guilt when we take care of ourselves because we think we have to give them everything Everything we've got, we've got to pour our entire cup into them. But all that does is leave us on empty. And as long as we're on empty, we're going to be snappy at them. We're going to be we, we're shooing them away. We're going to want breaks from them. We're going mm-hmm. to to want our space. and 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 then the guilt piles on because you don't feel like you should feel that way. And you don't want to feel that way because you love these humans so much, but you're right. so tied up in knots that you you don't put yourself first you are useless to them and i had lived a life of incredible trauma and i knew i needed to heal myself if i was going to be the mother that i always needed the mother that they needed and i put that i put that before everything and i have invested in myself in the last Mm -hmm. 10 years hundreds of thousands of dollars in personal development. And I mean, not all at once, everybody lives. (laughs) Not all at once. Slowly
0: and surely. Slowly
1: and surely. But, but you know, courses and, and um, programs and, and books and everything I could get my hands on because they deserved to have a mom who knew who she was Mm -hmm. to have a mom who wasn't projecting my trauma and my fear and my insecurities right onto them. Because that's what we do when we're not healed. We take what we're scared of, what we went through, how we feel, And everything goes through that lens and it gets projected right onto our kids. And this is how the cycles aren't
2: broke. Come celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum in Alexandria, Virginia. Jump in the VR simulators to ride Santa's jet-powered sleigh. Or fly over frozen landscape in the Great Glacier Race. Enjoy special deals and discounts at the museum store and cafe every Saturday in December from 3 to 5. And bring your out-of-town friends and family, too, because admission and parking are free. Celebrate the holidays at the National Army Museum. A full list of holiday fun is at usarmymuseum.org. That's usarmymuseum.org. Okay.
0: So do you feel that growing in confidence as a woman for you is now trickling down and giving your children confidence to be who they are because you, you fixed you?
1: Absolutely, and you know, saying "I fixed me" that's a that's a big statement. The fixing never ends, you know. <laughs> the fixing never ends. The work is never done. The growth never stops. Um, but yeah, I can see, I can see the we'll, we'll call them generational curses. Yep. The things that you know, my grandmother, how she raised my mother, and how my mother raised me, and how these they trickle down from generation to generation. But all it takes is one person to say, "Not this time." My kids are not going to grow up thinking this or doing that because of me, because I didn't take the time I needed to be the person I need to be to find love in my heart, forgiveness in my heart to not be triggered by the things that have traumatized me in the past. Mm -hmm. Our trauma defines us only if we let it.
0: Yep. I agree. And our limitations are only limited limiting us. If we allow them, I call them so-called limitations Mm -hmm. And let's talk about money for a second if you can. Because yeah. and like that poverty mentality that just triggered in me if I can go there. Because I have tried hard, but I still see it sometimes in my kids about, you know, trying not to give them the thought that we can't afford things mm-hmm. or being afraid of money, but still teaching them to have a good understanding of balancing money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but not grow up with that poverty mentality. I yeah. feel like it's a balance that I'm still figuring. I'm still sometimes I'm weighed one war one way or the other. And I balance it out. Like mm-hmm. things like my son, Andy is 14 and he just wanted money to pay for the football ticket for a football game. I'm like, no problem. You know, here you go. Oh mom, I feel bad. I was like, it is my job. Like, that's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like You don't mm-hmm. have to be, this is my job. I work. I want, I'm, You want to go attend this game to support your friends. I have absolutely no problem giving you cash right now to go buy. That's what I want you to rely on me for. I want you to be able to trust me. But it's like I didn't. He was like, it's okay, mom. I don't want you to have to buy that for me. Mm -hmm. And I struggle sometimes with them remembering how tight things were. When I first became a single mom and having to say, well, We're gonna have to wait on that, you know, and trimming yeah. things to now helping them understand that anything is possible when you work hard. How do you balance that?
1: I think it's a beautiful thing for them to to recognize that money, the value that money doesn't just grow on trees. Right. That no matter, you know, whether you are struggling mm-hmm. to make ends meet or living a comfortable life or a lavished life, mm-hmm. money is it doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> and and this goes back to to my kids will never know what it's like to live the life that I lived, Mm -hmm. but that life that I lived built a character in me. And so what they can understand is that, yeah, maybe they shouldn't feel bad for taking the money, but like acknowledging the gratitude, flipping it around in them. Like I appreciate that you, that you're grateful for this and, and right now we're okay. But thank you for being so grateful for that, you know, because they're the gratitude. I'm very real with my kids. So, so, uh, I want them to always trust me to always be able to come to me, to talk to me about the things that are, they're struggling with to, to talk to me about their dating lives or all these things. And so if I want them to trust me, then I need to be able to trust them. Got it. And so I'm very real with them. And instead of, you know, putting on a mom hat, I really let them see me in my full authenticity. And I explain why I do things. It's never because I said so. I want them to understand my chain of logic. Um, I've made a commitment to my kids from the time they were very little. And I've told them this over and over again no matter what you come to me with, I will never judge you and you will never be in trouble. It will always be a conversation. And, uh, that's not always easy to do. Um, Yeah. It's not always easy to do, but, uh, when you can hold your cool and bite your tongue, when you want to be so upset with them for the decision they've made, Mm -hmm. and instead of being upset, ask questions and, And offer support and ask them what they're, what they've learned from it and how they would do it differently. And, and so I'm very, very real with them in that, like, Hey, you know, money is, is something that we have to work for, but money flows. Money yeah. flows and it comes out and it comes in. It mm-hmm. comes out and it comes
0: and in. It's not a scary thing. It's a good thing. It's a, it's a thing. healthy thing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. You're going to see those numbers go down. You're going to see those numbers go yep. up. And as long as we're working to make this world a better place and to, ha- to raise each other up. and And I always talk about working a life in service. As long as we're living a life in service, the money will always mm-hmm. be there. As long as you're not sitting on the couch watching Netflix all day, yeah. the money is always going <laughs> to playing be playing video games. Yeah, it's, uh, abundance is all around us, mm-hmm. and so I talk to them about about that scarcity versus abundance mindset. And instead of instead of being afraid of how they're going to view money, I'm I just tell them like. Abundance comes from a place of creation. It comes from a place of high vibration. It comes from a place mm-hmm. of gratitude and love. And when you can live in that vibration and be connected to spirit and be be in gratitude and in love, the abundance will find you. Yeah. But when we're scared, And we're, we're, we're stressed out and we're emotional, not emotional. Like it's a bad thing, but emotional, like overwhelmed. All of those things are low vibration. Those are scarcity mindsets and abundance doesn't come from a place of scarcity. It comes from a place of gratitude.
0: There you go. I'd like to know how you've taught your children to be comfortable coming to you in a judgment free Mm -hmm. zone with their problems. One of the things that I've done is I, we have a text me X rule Mm -hmm. And, and, and I said, Hey, you know, like, I want to know, like, if you're go out with your friends, we're teenagers, I have a driver, mm-hmm. you know, go have some fun. Like if you get in a situation and, and you feel uncomfortable and something's not right. And, or even if you've made a mistake, please text me, text me X. And I will come, I will make up some kind of an excuse and I will make sure that you're safe. Like just text me X if you ever get in that tr- My son first used it because he forgot his math homework. So I had to, <laughs> <laughs> this is not an F, but so we've clarified, but that's one of the tools that I've used mm-hmm. to help them feel safe rather than I would rather them if they're rather than getting a car with somebody that's been drinking, feel comfortable that they didn't have to hide it and just text mom X and I yeah. would come. What other ways have you done that to help them understand that this is a judgment-free zone? If you've made a mistake, I'm here. Yeah. You know, I think this is a great question because it goes
1: back to toddler ages for me. If we're waiting... Until our kids are interested in boys and thinking mm-hmm. about parties and wanting to go out with their friends without adult mm-hmm. supervisions to have these conversations, it's too late. Yep. It's too late. And, and maybe not too late, like you can never recover, but you are going to be working an uphill battle mm-hmm. because... Now it's been all one way up until this time. And then you're like, okay, you can trust me now. And you're yeah. like, okay, <laughs> but whatever. <can> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, um, I've always treated my children. I've taken the report, the approach. And this goes back to being the mother that I, I always needed is letting them feel heard and understood and respected. Mm-hmm. letting their voice be a voice that mattered, no matter how insignificant the things seemed to be to me. Pain is relative. Struggle is relative. You know, I always use the analogy of the broken crayon for a two-year-old, like the, this little two-year-old is coloring with a red crayon and uh-huh. that red crayon breaks and they absolutely lose their top. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, um and, you know, uh, it's easy to get impatient, and be like, God, it's just a crayon. Like, get over, like, it. get yeah. over it. Here, take another crayon. But think about the last time that something you really cared about, something that mattered so much to you, your phone, let's yeah. say your phone's replaceable, the red crayon's replaceable, yeah. your phone shattered. Like, how much does that mess up your day? That's bad. And, mm-hmm. Right? And And if somebody were to just be like, oh my gosh, stop, get over it. What are you, you know, that, that would be really rude. Right. (laughs) And so I've taken this approach with them from the time they were born is your voice matters. What you say matters. And you have my intention when you're talking and when you're speaking to me. And so it's this, this line of respect. Now, as they've gotten older, it is, it's, getting to the point to where you can get them to talk about themselves and their actual problems comes with patience because they, that you've got to earn that trust first. They've got to know that they, there can't, there can't be any insecurity that it's going to be met with, with disappointment or mm-hmm. judgment or rage. Yep. Um, And so one of the things that I did was instead of talking to them about them, I would talk to them about, Um, hypothetical scenarios. Uh, Right. And so I would bring these things to light of like, you know, my daughter from the time she was like nine years old, we were talking about boys and parties and what's going to happen when we get into middle school Mm -hmm. and what's going to happen when we get into high school and peer pressure. And so I would just, you know, Organically, as it would come up, or maybe there was a an example in our lives somewhere else with, with, that had to do with other people, I would shine a light on it. You know, yes, you are going to inevitably like boys. Mm-hmm. This is going to happen, and when it does, I want you to be prepared with yeah. with some of the things that you might face, and some, and then talking to them about my
0: own life. That's what my next question was. Do do you talk to your children about what happened to you in your childhood or mm-hmm. what you go through as a single mom dating? I mean, our kids see us in yeah. those situations, so we might as well talk. But first question is, do, have you talked to them about your past? Yeah,
1: so it, it was very important to me. Part of my own personal healing journey was obviously with my mother and it was very important to me that I didn't project my relationship and my experiences with my mother onto my children, Mm -hmm. that their relationship and experiences with my mother were unique to them. And with that being said, it wasn't like they were having sleepovers at her house or anything, but um, I chose to forgive her to a point to not alienate her from my life Um, so that she could have this relationship with my children and allow them to, to, to have whatever their relationship was organically with her through that. They inevitably came to the, the own conclusions of, of, you know, keep our space from grandma. But, um, I have not been shy about explaining to them, you know, some of the struggles that I went through as a kid and, and telling them some stories about how, you know, happened. And I've used those stories to, to really help them understand what I've learned from them. So that's really been my, my goals when I explain to them where, where I've come from, it's always through the lens of what I learned and how that made me a better person. And one thing that they've heard me say time and time again, is I am grateful for my struggle. There you go. I am grateful for my struggle because I, I learned so much about life, about communication. Uh, and there's so many things about resiliency, about responsibility, about I'm incredibly competent in a lot of areas of life yeah, because I had to be. And so I like, I, while nobody wants their children to go through any kind of trauma, and I certainly, w- yeah, I don't. I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for the person I am today. And if that was able to be accomplished without having to go through that past, then that would have been great. But, <laughs> but here we are, and and I'm grateful for it. And so, yeah, I talk to them about that. I talk to them about dating. I talk, yeah. you know, it's always. <laughs> it's always been very interesting to me to see, uh, and I'm sure you've seen it before too. Um, when the mom puts the mom hat on, they are, it's a mother child relationship. And then when the child's not around, the mom hat comes off and it's like, they're almost a completely different person. <laughs> I know. And that, that was, I'm very sensitive to that because mm-hmm. my, my mom was like that. Uh, yeah. And so it was one of the things that, I knew I would never do I when I'm one day when I'm a mom, my kids are going to know exactly who I am mm-hmm. and I don't wear a mom hat. My kids are my best friends yep. and I tell them everything less of some of the details yeah. You know, that they they don't necessarily need to hear. But I talk to them about when my heart is hurting or when my heart is happy or why mm-hmm. and where that came from. I let them I let them love me and support me through my times of vulnerability so that when they need support through their times of vulnerability,
0: they know I'm going to be there for them too. I like that. You know, um, maybe if you're listening right now, I like this comment. You kept saying, I'm grateful for my struggle is so many of us and I get it. And I've been there. I've been there. I've had the thoughts of feeling like a victim as a single mom instead of being grateful. Mm -hmm. And I remember a turn that I had, And I had to realize, no, I have to be grateful because I never want my children to feel like they're a burden to me. Mm -hmm. And I never want to complain. You don't know how hard I work or you don't know how hard I've had it. I want them to be grateful for their life, too, and not feel like anything's missing and not feel like anything's wrong. This is just our family. This is the way that our family works the best. For us, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it may not be like every other family It's becoming more common that kids go back and forth between mm-hmm. parents, but this is the way we work best. And I am grateful for the lessons that I've learned in my single motherhood and coming out of the situation that I was in and that I can say I'm grateful for where we are. Mm hmm. It's extremely powerful to make that switch in your life and don't beat yourself up if you haven't made the switch yet, yeah. but just do it now. Just as Sarah has taught me, just focus on who you're becoming Yeah, and get rid of the, you know, okay, whatever that was in the past is who you're becoming is the most important and we're always becoming always the growth never stops mm-hmm. and,
1: and the struggle never, never stops. stops. It's a different one. Yeah, it's going to be a different one because mm-hmm. life has struggle. And that is why it's so important for us to stay in this high vibration and connected to our heart and connected to each other is because we need, we're not meant to do it alone. Our Mm -hmm. kids are not meant to do it alone. And if we can all just be there for each other with this, in the space of compassion and understanding, and sometimes a loving, you know, kick in the butt for each other, because Mm -hmm. sometimes that's what we need to get out of our victim Mm -hmm. is somebody to say, Hey, Snap out of it, you know, and as a mom, that's, you know, part of our responsibility, Mm -hmm. too, is is snap out of it. Let's look at this yep. from a different angle. Let's give you a different perspective.
0: You know, like when you don't, when the kid doesn't make the team or, mm-hmm. you know, my son struggles with sometimes getting in trouble at school because he's Mr. Social. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, like, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, you can't, I can't get another email from your teacher that yeah. says you're talking in class. Yeah. Well, it's boring. Well, okay. Maybe the class is boring to you, but you have to figure out a way. Yeah. What can we do? I like that. And then. And um, keeping each other accountable. And that's what Sarah and I are here for you, single moms. I think both of us have a very similar passion in life is to, you know, not say that we have it all figured out. I'm not speaking for you, but definitely don't have it all figured out. <laughs> but but what we do know, we'll pass along <laughs> and the mistakes that we've made, we'll pass along yeah. to say, don't do this. I found this roadblock and just to try to become amazing strong, great examples to not just our children, but to everyone as single mothers. Yeah.
1: And, you know, going back to letting them make mistakes, we've got to let them make mistakes because we make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We have to let them see that we make mistakes. We're only human. And I say we have to, by all means, do whatever it is you want to do. I feel very obligated to make sure my children know that I'm human and that I make mistakes. And when I make a mistake, it's okay for me to be sorry. Yeah. Um. When I am faced with a difficult situation, our kids are watching us all of the time, all of the time. I'm and not- they will learn so much more from what you do than what you say. Mm-hmm. And... And I'm very aware of those tiny eyes on me at all times. And so thinking of like times in the world where perhaps a confrontation happens or there's, you know, something small to road rage to something big to where there's a, you know, a blow up somewhere in a public place. Like they're watching, they're watching how you respond to that. They're watching how you regulate your emotions. They're watching the tools you use to regulate your emotions Mm -hmm. And so what I'll do is I will point it out to them. Notice how when that person cut me off, this is just an arbitrary example. When that person cut me off, how I just took a deep breath, slowed the car down, kind of shook it out a little bit and kept on driving. Did Mm -hmm. you notice how I did that? And I'll say, yeah, I, I, I noticed that. I want you to know that inside my body, it didn't feel like that. Yeah. Inside my body, it felt angry and hot and and uncomfortable. And if I didn't choose to make the decision to take a deep breath, slow the car down and shake it off, then I might have lost my temper. But I want you to notice that I made a choice when it was hard to make that choice. It wasn't easy to make the choice to, t- to regulate my emotions, but I made a choice While it was hard to do, it's always easy to say we're going to do it. And then when Mm -hmm. we're faced in the moment and emotion takes over, emotional regulation is something that every human on this planet can continue to grow their entire lives Mm -hmm. because nobody ever has that figured out (laughs) completely. But we can practice it and there are tools that we can use and and awareness is probably the biggest one. The awareness that those tiny eyes are watching me, the awareness, how to use my breath to calm my nervous system, teaching them how to use their breath to calm their nervous system, you know?
0: And Sarah's going to help you with that too. I call that the art of no reaction. Yeah. And I I am not always great at it, but I have the focus of being better at it, Mm -hmm. especially when it comes to exes and, and. To be honest, teenage daughters are hard. <laughs> and I, I was like, no. I because initially I want to be like, what? Are you kidding me? Are you joking? The reaction on my face right. to something. But I've learned like even though I can react on the inside, but on the outside, I'm like, okay. hmm Even my kids know you're deep breathing, mom. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I'm just taking some breaths. Yeah. I'm figuring this out right now. Give mom a moment. So uh Sarah also is really great at meditations to to be able to work on that breath work. So I know you have a We're going to do a free gift yes. for all the brave babes. You can download a meditation. Yes, absolutely. So right. I
1: have so many meditations that um, mm-hmm. I use in my coaching practice. I do one on one coaching for not just fitness and nutrition, but also mindset uh, and overcoming overcoming the parts of our our past that yeah. we need in order to become the best version of ourselves for the future. and a lot of that is to do with with motherhood. This is where I really mm-hmm. shine is is in motherhood and these different perspectives and approaches that we can take. And then a lot of it is even just learning who you are and how to heal and emotional regulation. And so I do so much mindset work with so many people and it truly is my passion to, to help people untie the knots that life has left them tied up in and to show them that it doesn't have to feel so heavy and it doesn't have to feel so hard. And with so many different practices under your belt in as we continue to utilize those practices, they become easier and easier and then all of a sudden you're like, okay, okay, I'm I'm flowing. I'm flowing. I'm moving through yeah. this this beautiful journey of life and I'm feeling a lot better doing it. Oh, and because I'm feeling a lot better doing it, my body's changing, my skin is changing, my sleep cycle's changing, mm-hmm. my desire to eat or not eat, junk food is changing mm-hmm. because what we feel on the inside, changes what we look like on the outside and what we think in our mind, our body hears. Yep. And our mindset is, is very, very, very powerful. And it is the key to unlocking your own personal potential, your emotional regulation yep. and your ability to just step up and be the very best version you can be for your kids.
0: And Sarah helps me personally. That's how I found her. And that's why we're doing this podcast is she helps me with those meditations, those coaching of emotional regulation and um, also my fitness and my nutrition. I'm like, Sarah, just tell me what to do. <laughs> yeah. And I'd like to hear from you, brave babes. If you have a question, if you're a single mom and you're wondering, how do I navigate this situation? We all have unique, crazy situations. Uh, reach out you can call the hotline for my podcast 5304 amanda or you can text it 5304 amanda i try to get to as many of those calls as possible if i'm sleeping i probably won't answer it but <laughs> so um call or text if, if i don't pick it up leave a voicemail um or text if you feel more comfortable and maybe we can bring those on the next episode and that we can talk about those things. What do you think? Absolutely. I, I, idea. I
1: absolutely love that. And, um, I'm talk a little bit more about the book that I'm writing and, and the messages that it's going to be giving to all of the single moms out there. I mm-hmm. think that a message of support and guidance and just some of my own experience, um, and different perspective is always, is always valuable. So
0: awesome. Okay. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: Isn't she the best? I don't know about you, but I feel more inspired in my motherhood. If you do too, I'd love to hear from you. Tell me what you thought of the podcast. You can rate it on Apple Podcasts, write a review. That helps more people find the podcast. You can even call my podcast hotline. Tell me what you thought about it and ask us any questions you have about motherhood or bravery or tell us what's going on in your life. We'd love to help Hotline number is 530 for Amanda. And if you want to go even deeper, I'd love for you to become an official Brave Babe. Sign up. I've got a brand new membership program. It's so cool. You know you can support the mission of Get Your Brave on. By joining, you're gonna help us reach more people, and more women can be able to rebound from the plot twist that they're facing in life because of you. Plus, when you join, you get unlimited brave prayers, brave devotions, and brave meditations. Sign up and get your Brave on. Info. If it's easier, I'll put the link to the membership in the show notes for you to make it really easy. Also, want to say thank you so much to my friends at lifeaudio.com. They have fantastic faith based podcasts about prayer and parenting and devotions and learning how to read the Bible. Check them out, lifeaudio.com, and get your brave on.
2: If you run a small business, you need the most from every investment. That's why Comcast Business gives you more, like our new GigSpeed Wi-Fi, plus unlimited data, all on the largest, fastest, reliable network for small businesses.
0: Comcast Business, powering possibilities. Don't miss our special holiday offer. And ask how to get up to a $750 prepaid card with a qualifying bundle. Call today. Ends 12-4-2022. Restrictions apply. Requires gigabit extra bundle with two-year agreement.
2: Comcast Business gives you more for your small business with our new gig speed Wi-Fi plus unlimited data.
0: Ask how to get up to a $750 prepaid card with a qualifying bundle ends 12-4-2022. Restrictions apply. Requires new gigabit extra bundle with two-year agreement. Thank you so much for your support of the Get Your Brave On podcast. I'd love to connect with you. Call my hotline anytime and let me know how this podcast is impacting your life. Join our Facebook group too. Just search Get Your Brave On. And I'd be honored if you would follow this podcast and subscribe and even leave a review that helps more women just like you facing a plot twist find more strategies to silence fear. I'll shout you out in the next episode or even send me an email to Amanda at amandacarol.org and tell me how God is using this podcast in your life. Like Kim did. She said, I just want to thank you for your podcast. I signed up in July and honestly, always deleted your message. That's <laughs> okay. Or sometimes just took a quick glance. But today was different. It was as if God was drawing me to really take a look at it. And I did. After downloading the app to get a podcast, I went back and clicked on the prayer. As I stood in my bathroom, brushing my teeth, the words just filled the room with a peacefulness. It came over me and it was like a weight had been lifted. The stress of living with a few disabilities and being on long medical leave from work for over a year and the stress of trying to go back to work with homeschooling two kids, I was keeping it all in. I just wanted to know how much you make a difference. I even shared your podcast with my mom, cousin and brother, (laughs) even though he's not a lady. He's going through a tough time and wanted him to hear the prayer. So bless you. Bless you. I am so thankful that God used this in your life. You're my why. I'm honored to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. Reach out anytime. All the links are in the show notes. And I love the idea of you listening to the episodes while you're brushing your teeth. I actually think it's perfect. Start your day with me. So Just make sure you follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. Get your brave on.